Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Good to have you with us on a Friday morning, which uh, knowing Roger Goodell, I would uh, suppose that uh, the trademarked wild card weekend probably begins today. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Ray Flowers said earlier in the week he wishes all the games just started at one o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, Ray, this is not the weekend for you. Two games on Saturday, three on Sunday and Monday night. Oh, and we've got weather. We got weather, way. We, we got things to deal with going into the weekend. How you doing? I'm good, Kyle. And don't, don't forget that this is super wild card weekend. They've super, added the term super. super to it, which yeah. I think screws everyone up because it wasn't super enough, Kyle, <laughs> without the word super being in the title. I, I kind of wish they would put a marketing department in charge of, of choosing which adjective to, to go with every year because there's nothing super about Philadelphia and Tampa. Like, we should look at the overall slate and say, how many of these games are truly super? And when you look at it that way, Ray, let me ask you, is Houston-Cleveland super? No. Okay. Is Kansas City-Miami super? Mm, yeah, it could be. The weather it could, it could be, Kyle. Pittsburgh-Buffalo super? No. Green Bay-Dallas? Could be. Rams-Lions? Could, it could be a good game. Yeah, it could be, yeah. This is the semi-super wildcard weekend. I think that's fair, accurate, yes. Kind of where I'm landing. Uh, we welcome you all in on a Friday. Going to have some fun. we got a lot to get to. Um, obviously, the football, the playoffs, injuries, um, the weather. Uh, we got we got a new coach in New England. Haven't said that in 25 years or so. So we'll get you that news. Tyler Beaker is going to stop in, give us his thoughts on the weekend. And we lead... With some big news courtesy of Ray Flowers. You might remember at the tail end of yesterday's pod, uh, we said, hey, stick around for Friday. Stick around. Or, you know, we might be able to tell you something. Uh, Ray, I think you are able to tell us something. So it's not that Ray's pregnant. He's not. <laughs> we're, we're, going to, we're going to have a, a gender reveal here on the show. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, better news. In effect, Ray's baby is just about ready to be born. Uh, so, Ray, t- tell us what's going on. Yes. happening? There it is. Uh, yeah, we're working hard. We've been working hard behind the scenes to make it a reality. And that is, of course, the release of the 2024 draft guide at fantasyguru.com. As you can see there on the screen. And for those of you who can't see on the screen, uh, we just got a picture of kind of the, the, the cover art, if you will, for the draft guide. Uh, and I'm really excited about this. It's a it's a labor of love. Um, we've gone with a little bit of a different tack this year with some of the materials. We've got rankings everywhere up the wazoo, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and everything goes live on Monday. But the good news is, right now, starting today, actually, you can purchase the draft guide. Again, all the articles and the rankings and everything get updated Monday. That's when it starts. But you can purchase it right now. And the easiest way to do that is to go to the top right corner of the website and the Join Now tab, click on that. Scroll down for baseball, click on that. Or as you can see on the screen there, you can just go to fantasyguru.com slash product slash MLB memberships. And it's very important. The next part is very important here. Okay. The draft everybody guide itself. Calm down, everybody. Put your yeah. coffee down. We got important news here from Ray. What, what have we got, Ray? Important news on top of important news. <laughs> the draft guide 
full season baseball. It's not just the preseason product. It's full season baseball, season only. It's $50. If you use the promo code FSD20, our show promo code, it drops it down to $40. Ooh. So go over there, sign up right now at fantasyguru.com. Join now tab in the top right, find the baseball. The seasonal package again is $50. You can get it right now with the promo code FSD20 for $40. And we'll obviously discuss it more today, moving forward next week, all that kind of stuff. Everything officially drops on Monday. Now, you said they could purchase it today, mm-hmm. but the first column's cut. So when people, if they purchase it today, tomorrow, Sunday, they, they purchase it and they'll start getting it Monday, correct? Just so people sure. don't purchase it and say, why don't I have it to read? That That's the deal, right? That is absolutely yeah. correct. You do get, obviously, access to all the older stuff if you want to read things we've been updating and such at the site. And you also would be able to access Discord. So you can start asking questions immediately. But the articles and the rankings will be updated on Monday. And we will dig <laughs> a lot more into this guide. Uh, we wanted to get the news out today. We've obviously got playoff football, but did want to let you know about it. But uh, probably sometime next week, you know, Ray and I will spend a good 20 minutes or so kind of saying what's in it, you know, what what is provided. Uh, the season-long aspect too, Ray, I just want to underline that portion uh, this is not just the draft guide for $40 or $50, but but this is the season long. And I can tell you, for people who haven't, I mean, at this point, hell, everybody knows Ray Flowers and what he does. But, I mean, Ray, every single day throughout the season, you're putting up huge articles on what's going on, uh, your latest takes, you know, recapping the night before, injuries, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that daily bit. And, and there are other things in addition to your work that are going to be popping up throughout the season. But you are there every single day putting in the uh, effort and the blood and the sweat and the tears. Yeah. And we have a different product. Obviously the DFS product is something we'll talk about when we get there too. So I'm, I'm involved on that side. Last year I wrote the uh, cash game breakdown every day. And I anticipate doing that again. So I'll be doing a ton of baseball, both on the DFS and the seasonal side. We've got a couple of folks, uh, patio, Joe, uh, Rob Povia are going to join uh, this year for baseball, help out a little bit, uh, write some articles each week as well. So it won't just be my voice, uh, but yeah, all, all season long, all the way through, uh, to the playoffs, we'll be there to help you out in Discord. You know, this show will be there too. It's, this is not part of the product per se, but this is part of the product. You, you get access to us. Kyle and I will do a lot of baseball too. But yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but I really enjoy it. And uh, we got a good crew over there who even helps them each other out in Discord, which is nice. And Discord for those of you, if you don't know, chat rooms. Yeah, right. Just chat rooms. Uh, we have a baseball exclusive chat room for the seasonal product. Um, and just proving that Ray has a very significant West Coast bias. Check out those two uh, dudes on the cover there. I love it, Ray. Cruz and Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz. It sounds like uh, O'Neill's going to be good to go. Ellie's going to be, where's he going to go, Ray? Is he a, he may go as a top five shortstop just because what could be? I don't know. Is that, is that crazy? But I, I just feel the, the excitement of youth, the fact that last year we got to see a load of them. He's going to be overdrafted, won't he? I I, I know it can be great, but right. it, for me, I, I feel like people are going to just be gobbling him up quicker than I am. Well, I'm looking at the NFBC right now, and they're early drafting. They've already had 223 drafts, so they're going. Um, his ADP, and he qualifies at second, a shortstop and third. Okay. And, you know, StatCast loves him and the highlights and the exuberance. I'm sure all that plays into it. His ADP right now is 22nd. Mm. 22.0. So people are in Kyle. And I think the only real concern with him is what was we brought up last year when he was called up is the fact that he strikes out a lot. And because of that, his batting average is, is very volatile. And we saw that play itself out last season. But 
you know, with the league batting 245, you know, if he hits 235, <laughs> people are willing to accept it. Yeah, for, for us old guys, when you're hitting 220, it's like, God, you belong on the bench, but not in 2023. <laughs> you can you can play every day with that 220 average. Uh, so there it is, the draft guide. This will not be the last you hear of it. I promise you that. Uh, but this is the first that you hear of it. Um, it is available for purchase. Comes with the season-long package. As Ray noted, you got the address there at the bottom of the screen, fantasyguru.com slash product slash MLB uh, dash memberships. You can also go to the join now tab right at the top of the page. Uh, you know, you go to fantasyguru.com. It's on the far right upper end. Click join now. You'll see baseball and boom. You can go into FSD 20 for $50. You get it for $40. So, and again, more than the draft guide. This is the whole year of baseball. So if you're a season long player, it's kind of a must have as we get rolling here in the month of January. Uh, we will have a little more baseball coming up in just a bit. <clears throat> but, Ray, before we uh, go in that direction, we've got a lot of football today. Um, there you see it. Uh, loads of news. Uh, playoff news. Coaching news. Uh, we got latest on Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper, Sam Laporta. Where do these guys stand for the weekend? Uh, we will conclude our discussion of quarterbacks for 2023 and 2024. Uh, we'll give you a quick peek at some of the arrivals. It looks like another draft class where probably four, if not five, quarterbacks are going in the first round. And uh, probably at the very top, we could see two or three quarterbacks, much like last season. So we'll kind of have a replay. There are QB desperate teams, and we'll give you our first look at what's coming up in April with that draft. Uh, Tyler Beaker, as noted, is going to join us, give us some of his thoughts on the weekend to come. And uh, we do have some MLB news, including a signing. Marcus Stroman has a new home for 2024. In addition to that FSD 20, which you can always use the 20% off. Uh, Ray, that rest of the season all-in NFL package. You talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, do want to remind people, DFS as well, Ray, which it's going to be big this weekend. It's going to be big the following weekend, Super Bowl weekend. A mm -hmm. um, lot of people get involved in these DFS games, and now that is included in that all-in NFL package. Yeah, we've lost our minds at fantasyguru.com. I feel like, feel like I'm, I'm a, a car salesman on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the all-in package that we've been discussing the last couple of days, which gets you, you know, the coverage to the Super Bowl, which gets you the Super Bowl betting package, which gets you franchise mode, which is basically our coverage of the draft next year. That package also includes DFS. So you get it all. You get seasonal, you get DFS, you get Super Bowl, you get the betting, all of it for $39.99 the rest of the way. So if you, you know, if you're a fan, get involved. I mean, that's, you get all the articles, the videos, the live stream, the discord, and again, seasonal betting and DFS $39.99, Kyle. I'm always reminded, I, I, I can't remember, was it on UHF, the old Weird Al Yankovic, or maybe it was one of those Norm Macdonald movies, bad things. I always remember they showed the car salesman, Ray, and he's like, if you don't buy a car from me in the next five minutes, I'm going to club this baby seal. <laughs> He'd open up the truck. <laughs> Ray was UHF where he threatened. So Ray is not threatening to club no. baby seals. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save that for like, uh, you know, probably late March, you okay. know, whenever we start threatening baby seals. But uh, for now, it's just a soft sell <laughs> on all those things. Okay, Ray, let's get into the uh, activities for the weekend. And we'll start with the uh, playoff outlook in terms of injuries. Um, whether you're playing, you know, a new league in the postseason, you're do, doing DFS. You're going to want to know about the injuries, but you're also going to have to worry about the weather. And as we sit here now, Ray, um, what Miami, Kansas City is looking at negative eight Ooh. as the temperature 
probably like negative 20, 25 with the wind chill. Um, sounds like there could be snow. I know they've had snow most of the week in Kansas City. Uh, there might be a little more Saturday. It sounds like by game time uh, on Sunday, or no, Saturday night, uh, we won't have any more precipitation. But, Ray, that game's ice cold. Pittsburgh-Buffalo on Sunday, snow in the forecast. It's going to be cold. Not frigid like Kansas City, but snow's certainly around there. And then Monday night, we've got rain. Uh, I think thunderstorms in Tampa. Uh, but obviously, tomorrow night with Kansas City-Miami, I see in the chat room somebody said, uh, yeah, this is going to be 10 points or lower in this game. I wouldn't go that dramatic, Ray. Um, but you just have to naturally think that things are, are going to drop. You know, and, and maybe it's more of a 20 to 14 game. Uh, I, I, I would just be shocked, Ray, if we woke up on Sunday morning and Kansas City, Miami was a 34-31 shootout. That, that would be pretty shocking to, to, to have happen. It would. And we talked about, you know, the field. We talked about the football. We talked about just the environment. The fact that Miami, obviously, their weather couldn't be more different than that scenario either. The injuries on both sides. I, you never know, right? You really do never know. I mean, this could end up being a game where it's, you know, 55 points and it's down to the end. This could be a slog fest where, you know, it's a 22-point game, right, total. Like, you, could, you never know how it's going to play out, but it does on the surface appear that, uh, you know, these teams, Chiefs struggling on offense, Dolphins struggling to get healthy, the weather being significantly a piece of this. This is not, you know, week 13 where, oh, it's, you know, 43 degrees and there's some rain. No, this is actually a weather game. This is something that's going to impact the performance of the players. Yeah, with Buffalo and Pittsburgh, as of now, it sounds like most of the snow is like Saturday night and, you know, they'll clear the field. There, there's not like a, you know, it could change. You got lake effect. So that could really change come Sunday morning. Um, and then again, with Monday night uh, rain, I, again, it's I don't think it's anything that's going to shock the system like negative eight degrees will. Uh, you know, they'll gladly take the rain in Tampa if it's going to be 50 degrees. Like, who cares? You know, you'll play in those conditions. But uh, we shall see. Um, weather, again, can always be a factor. And, and Kansas City and Buffalo, Green Bay, Cleveland, when you have those spots involved in the playoffs, it can get pretty mess messy. Now, in terms of injuries, Ray, um, I guess the news is rather good. And, and most of the time, this is what you expect in the postseason. You know, guys are going to give it their all to be out there. Sounds like Amari Cooper uh, did return to practice yesterday. Probably good to go. The problem is with Cleveland, Ray, defensively, a couple of guys in the secondary, I guess Delpit is out as a safety. And then Denzel Ward popped up on the injury report this week, and he's now questionable. So great news that Cooper is probably going to be playing. Remember, he went off for like 250 yards last time against uh, Houston. But now defensively, and, and let me tell people, I've, I've mentioned this, Cleveland home versus the road. Ray, do you realize, and we think of Cleveland as a very good defense. Mm -hmm. On the road, they have allowed the most points per game of any defense in the NFL. <laughs> like that wow. one, I think it's like 29 points a game on the road. Something crazy like that. Uh, they are a very different team, home versus road. I like Cleveland in this game, but then you start to look at this uh, defensive injury report, maybe get a bit wary. Noah Brown's going to be back for Houston. So, kind of pulling in different directions for this game tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's the greatness of, I guess, the NFL, right? There's so many storylines. It's nice to have data where you can look at the full season. You can look at the last couple of weeks. You can look at home row. You can look at weather. Can, like, you can find data to really help you dr drill down into all of this. And uh, I think that this game is, for so many reasons, a fascinating game. We were talking earlier, is it a super game? Well, 
but it's there's fascinating storylines mm -hmm. all around. And I think that the performance of that Browns defense is going to be big in this one. There's a lot of key factors, but I think that's one of the top five. Yeah, you look at the scoring they allowed. Pittsburgh scored 26 against them. These are all road games. Um, Indianapolis, 38. Seattle, 24. Baltimore, 31. Denver, 29. The Rams, 36. Houston got 22 the last time they played about a month ago. And then uh, Cincinnati concluded the season with 31 against the Browns. Now, obviously, Week 18 was a little bit different because uh, many of the defensive starters were sitting so again, uh, Cooper and Brown, that's pretty good for those who are paying attention to the offense. Philadelphia, Ray, and remember, we're, we're three days out, but Devonta Smith returned to practice. Great news there. Jalen Hurts was at practice, but A.J. Brown was not there, Ray. So his status is still kind of a question mark as we sit here on a Friday. Yeah, and obviously huge. Uh, and not just that, we also got a report that just came out uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia's John Clark is reporting that Jalen Hurts, that finger of his, didn't throw the ball much at all, if at all yesterday at practice so we got questions about the wide receiver position we got questions about the quarterback and for a team that really limped into the playoffs we got a lot of questions for those eagles this week Cal. almost certain that sam laporta won't be playing on uh, sunday night against the rams uh jalen waddle practicing probably going to be listed as questionable but i think he'll be out there because of practicing raheem Mostert's going to be questionable uh Xavier howard cornerback for the dolphins out uh gabe davis if you care, which, hey, in DFS, I guess you always care about Gabe Davis. You pay attention. Um, probably trending more towards out than in for the game against Pittsburgh. Um, let's see. Travis Kelsey is going to play. Just a quick note. He said, I'm not retiring. No intentions. I don't know if that means love on the rocks or what. Maybe, he, But, but he, he said, I'm, I'm not going to retire. You know, it's kind of been the thing. Um, and there we are. Uh, now, still a lot to be determined. we got practices today. Uh, obviously a couple of these games tomorrow, three more on Sunday, things could alter the game on Monday. So it's going to be very important, uh, to follow us in discord, you know, to get the cheat sheets that are updated as news comes in, um, you know, to, to take advantage of the analysts that are still working hard for you here in the playoffs. So, uh, with that said, let's pile on with one of those analysts. Um, a guy who I know will be hanging out in discord throughout the weekend probably putting up columns throughout the weekend. A guy who will uh, be eating pork rinds and watching football throughout the weekend. Maybe not. I don't know if Tyler Beaker's a pork rinds guy. Let's find out. Tyler Beaker back with us on Fantasy Sports Daily. Um, pork rinds or not, Tyler? I, I've never had them, honestly. So I Wow. Nah. Mm, missing out. You're, you're obviously not from the Midwest. No, no, East Coast are here. Yeah. Pork rinds, they, they kind of have a sweet spot geographically. <laughs> Ray, you've never touched a pork rind. Oh, I have. You? No, I have. Oh. Yeah. I do like pork. So my lady a couple of times has bought me some pork rinds. We go to the, you know, the, the markets here, the Mexican markets and everything. So yeah, I've had pork rinds. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have the fancy schmancy pork rinds, like uh, you know, small batch pork rinds. With, with well, yeah, with a side of caviar. Yeah. Like <laughs> I know how you do it out there. Um, okay, Tyler, let's get into the playoff weekend. Big thank you to Tyler. Um, we, we were set to have Armando Marsal. He's sick. So Tyler's jumping in to fill in. Um, the playoffs, this is the first thing I'll ask you. All season long, you're breaking down, you know, like game scripts and how teams are playing and pace of play and all that. And you start to see trends over the course of the year. Is your experience that the playoffs are different, Tyler? Or, you know, we sometimes think, oh, it's more important than ever and teams maybe will do things differently. Do they tend to, to stick with what got them here? Is, is that how you look at the weekend? Like whatever these teams did in season, I kind of expect that even in the playoffs. 
For the most part, yes. I mean, you want to do what has gotten you to the place to the postseason here and into the playoffs. A lot of these games are going to be weather impacted, so some of those things will change on a team by team basis. Uh, but again, like most, well, let me say most smart coaches, they tend to game plan for their opponent. Um, not sure that every single coach in the postseason here will do that necessarily. But yeah, I imagine most of the offenses that got here through the passing game are going to continue to lean on the pass. Yeah. Ty, let's kind of go in order here. We'll start out with that Browns-Texans uh, game that we were talking about earlier. Both teams obviously have tons of storylines. Let's focus on something you do in the regular season a lot of, and that's that wide receiver cornerback stuff. Um, the Texans have one alpha left. Nico Collins is like the last guy there. On the other side, the alpha, Amari Cooper, he's got the heel issue. He's going to play, but we haven't seen him for a while now, obviously. Talk to us about the receiving cores of both those teams and if either one of them pops for you this week. Yeah, I think this is a very interesting matchup. So I mentioned two games being weather impacted. Um, this is a dome game. It's, so naturally, many are going to gravitate toward it for DFS or for fantasy purposes and any kind of fantasy postseason league. Uh, great, great passing attack here by Joe Flacco, who is just not afraid to throw the ball 40 plus attempts in five of his six starts. Uh, imagine he's going to keep his guys routinely fed. And that starts with Amari Cooper, who has led the team in target share 25% in his healthy games with them. Um, not a bad matchup at all. The Texans play a lot of zone. Uh, they got Derek Stingley on one side, Stephen Nelson on the other. We saw in that week 16 matchup that they specifically targeted the left side of the field, which is where, Sting where Stingley is not. So it's Stephen Nelson's side. They want to pick on him instead. Uh, we had Amari Cooper pick up, I think, both of his big gains on that side of the field. Uh, imagine that's the matchup that they're trying to attack. But we know with Cleveland, they want to attack down the field with Amari Cooper or it's through David Njoku and check downs to the backs. It's very, very simple. And because of that, we know where to go for fantasy. I love that. Love that. Love that. Um, for Houston side, um, I heard you say that um, Noah Brown is greenlit. Is it, did he practice in full on Friday? Today? Uh, I haven't seen Friday's report. Okay. I know practice yesterday. Uh, so I was assuming. Okay. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just want to make sure because it's very, very thin beyond Nico. Uh, we saw that <laughs> unfold last week with Noah Brown injured. I mean, he's been dealing with this back injury and I think an ankle injury for like multiple weeks now. Um, he is laboring to get out there. So we've seen Nico like last week, nine for 195, really, really thrive in his absence. The other guys like Xavier Hutchinson, John Mechie, they're out there for 75% of the routes. One catch each last week. I don't imagine these guys are going to be routinely involved. The focus is going to continue to be on Nico Collins. Denzel Ward, the Browns' top cornerback, banged up entering this matchup. So he may not play. I think he's questionable. Um, it, it points to a very, very fun game in terms of the ability for both these teams to throw against one another. Tyler, is it a fun game with the Dolphins and the Chiefs? I mean, at various points this year, that would have been a marquee matchup. Let's all watch. Now it's like we got weather. The Dolphins are all kinds of beat up. The Chiefs, at least offensively, are limping into the playoffs. What are some keys in this game? Because, again, on the surface, it looks like something we should be really excited about, but it seems like there's a lot of roadblocks to potentially stopping this game from being one that's a classic. Yeah, we saw this game play out in week nine in that Germany game, and both teams collectively combined for four scoring drives. Uh, one of those scores for Kansas City was a scoop and six, a fumble recovery that was returned for a touchdown. But it was only just 14-14 put up by both these offenses. Um, the game total right now, 44 points. The weather expected to be in the negative degrees. Um, not very, very friendly for fantasy purposes. Expecting a lot of rushing by both these teams. Miami's been a team that is very, very explosive in terms of generating big plays down the field. But they are a team that has predominantly been run heavy all season long. They lean on Raheem Mostert, who's expected to play here. Um, if he, for some reason, he's a late scratch or anything, Devani Chan is going to see a ton of volume just based on the way that these two teams play each other. Um, both pass defenses, let me rephrase. <laughs> Miami's defense has been beat up so much. Like they've lost 
Both their starting pass rushers and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Their third pass rusher, Andrew Van Ginkle, was put on IR after week 18. Their starting linebacker, Jerome Baker, was put on IR after week 18. Uh, another linebacker was put on IR. And then they added um, Xavier Howard to the injury list where he's not expected to play because of that injury. Um, both starting safeties are also questionable. <laughs> this is a very, very thin Miami defense. Uh, despite that, I imagine we're going to see because of the cold temperatures, there's going to be a lot of running by both sides. Kansas City specifically, they're a team that's top five in pass rate over expectation. But given the cold weather, given the the injuries on the Miami defense, Pacheco should be in for a lot of work here. Um, this is a game, like you said, Ray, should see a lot of fireworks in a uh, domed environment. Uh, perhaps if it were in Miami, perhaps if it were anywhere other than Kansas City this weekend, um, we could be seeing fireworks. But I already bet the under on the 44. I do not expect a lot of points here. <laughs> You know, interesting uh, bit of uh, trivia or maybe just historical footnotes. When, when they built Arrowhead, um, for those who have not been there, Arrowhead is right next to the Royal Stadium, Coughlin Stadium. Uh, They're in the same lot, same area. When they were originally built, there was supposed to be, in the original drawings, a uh, a dome, a roof that would go between the two stadiums. It would be on rails. In fact, underneath the parking lot between the two stadiums, you can see where there was space created for a roof that would go between the two stadiums. Now, this was 50 years ago. When they built, I'm guessing tomorrow night they may be wishing uh, that they had that dome in Kansas City. It would, it would make uh, things a lot more uh, palatable, I guess, for both offenses and defenses. But just a little bit. Never happened. It was kind of uh, out of this world when they created it. But now you could get away with it. Let's go to Sunday. Um, they might want a dome in Buffalo, too. I know they're building a new stadium, but I don't think it's a dome. Maybe it Actually, it is, I think, in Buffalo. They are building a new stadium, and maybe they're going to put a roof on. As is, it's typical Buffalo weather on Sunday. We could see some snow. It's going to be cold. Nothing like Kansas City. My question, though, Tyler, is with the Bills. Uh, five in a row. You know, and five weeks to go, it's like, oh, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Now they're hosting, you know, a game in week one. Has has the team been better? Has the offense been better? Like, has there been a, a dramatic jump for the Bills, or is it kind of just, you know, happenstance? that they've reeled off this five game winning streak. Well, some of it's been opponent driven. I will say that like, if you're looking for advanced metrics that point to them playing better, they're not there. Um, mostly because they've been extremely run heavy under OC Joe Brady and passing in general is going to provide higher spikes in terms of EPA over what a rushing attack will do. Um, that said, they're finding a lot of success on the ground. Um, what's his name? Josh Allen's averaging over nine plus carries per game over this like six game span. Mm -hmm. He's seeing quite a bit of volume there. Uh, James Cook has had some sporadic spike weeks, but I think they're going to lean on him quite a bit here against the Steelers team. That's man. Th speaking of injuries, they've lost multiple inside linebackers, multiple safeties. There's just been a lot of banged up teams uh, entering the postseason. Steelers somehow backdoored their way into this one. I think it's really going to be a one and done show here, but both teams, again, this is another weather impact game outside in Buffalo where there's going to be snow. There's going to be heavy winds, like gusts up to 30 plus mile per hour. Um, usually when we talk about wind, it's really negligible. Uh, we kind of tend to overblow weather in the fantasy space, but anything above 15 miles per hour that is sustained or has gusts up to 30, that's where we start making changes into what we expect in terms of long passing and kickers. Um, so this game, I'm not expecting to see any 50-yard attempts. Um, we're going to see these teams just run the ball relentlessly. Najee Harris probably going for another 20-carry game as they try to keep this game close and play defense to the best of their ability, hoping that Josh Allen continues his interception streak of 13 picks in 14 games. Whoa. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot of turnovers, uh, Tyler, and I think yes. a lot of people, 
a lot of people in the uh, Packers Cowboys game are anticipating the Cowboys creating a bunch of turnovers. Cowboys, I, I make the case for the Packers winning this game because everyone's expecting the Cowboys to win the game. The Cowboys com- appear to be a completely different team at home versus on the road. How did the Packers emerge victorious and shock the world in this one? They emerge victorious. Uh, so here's the thing. The Dallas Cowboys are the uh, highest scoring team in the first half. They're a team that races out to hot starts. Uh, the way for the Cowboys to falter in that regard would be, um, well, they're not. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they're going to put up a lot of points. <laughs> it's going to be up to Green Bay to keep pace with them. And Jordan Love, I mean, he's had a very tumultuous season. Started off hot, had some up and down weeks in the middle of the season. But from week 10 on, he has been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's QB3 in EPA per play, QB3 in completion percentage over expectation. He's wheeling and dealing. And it looks like his weapons, for the most part, should be healthy here. AJ Dillon not expected to play. Whatever. He wasn't anything in the passing game anyway. Um, the real question mark is Christian Watson, who looked questionable. Um should he return? I mean, Stephon Gilmore's banged up. Um, this is a team that plays a lot of uh, cover one and a lot of man coverage. Uh, so we're going to see some opportunities for these guys to uh, show off their yak skill set. A guy like Jaden Reed really pops in terms of that. Um, he's very, very appealing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the way that the the Packers keep this game close is with Dak making mistakes. The problem is Dak is playing at an MVP level. I mean, he's like arguably the, over the back half of the season played the best football in the, in the league. Um, I think the spread's accurate. Minus seven for Dallas. Yeah, I mean, both those quarterbacks have been really good down the stretch. Love sure. hasn't, you know, you mentioned the run he's on, but he's not turning the ball over. And, you know, if, if those upsets happens, it's usually because of turnovers, you know, a couple of the key components, which Dallas, they haven't done. So I guess it's which side breaks because uh, neither team has really given the ball up of late. Tyler Beaker is with us uh, Sunday night. Uh, Rams-Lions, so many storylines here. You know, the golf Stafford thing. Um, Sam Laporta playing in Detroit with a playoff game. Like this is a really exciting game for those who do a one and done setup. Is, is this like a game you want a lot of pieces of Ray and I talked a little bit about one and done uh, playoff fantasy football yesterday. And and I told Ray, he, he, he likes the lions. I like the Rams, at least on my one and done team. I, I think I've got like three Rams and two lions. Like my whole week is driven by that game scoring points. Is it, is it is that the game if you're looking for points if you're looking for fantasy results is that the game to look at this weekend what well, has the highest over so i mean i imagine many are going to gravitate toward that uh the dallas green bay game is one point lower that in terms of total both these games over 50 points so those are going to be the two heavy hitters that most people gravitate toward i'm in complete lockstep with you kyle in terms of how to attack one and dones game stacking game teams and matchups that i project for teams that do not advance far in the postseason um, so I'm not expecting the Lions or the Rams here to make it to the Super Bowl. That said, this is a game that could easily surpass us over, given the style of play, uh, especially from these Rams. These last six games, they're averaging over 30 points per game, getting it done through the air and on the ground with Kyron Williams. Um, the Lions are a team you can throw against with ease. They are uh, a, they're, they're a true pass funnel. They're top five in um, EPA per run, but they're bottom six, I think, in EPA per pass allowed. Excuse me. Um, the Lions, though, uh, I'm curious to see how they come out, given all the injuries they're sustaining sustaining on the offense. It uh, looks like um, what's his name? Sam Laporta is probably very questionable. Mm-hmm. I saw that he might play, but I I have my reservations. Like It did not look like that uh, Week 18 injury. It looked like something that he could turn around real quickly from. Um, yeah, for that reason, I think like the, the Rams put up a lot of points and pushed this team. I have the Rams plus three as a bet that I already made, and I'm going to sprinkle some on them to win outright as well because I just don't see the Lions keeping pace here. Hmm. 
Tyra, the final game on Monday is the Eagles uh, Bucks game. And, you know, six weeks ago, if you heard about this matchup, you know, what's the spread? 12 points for the Eagles. Like it's it's going to be a bloodbath. Now we're in a scenario where the Eagles come in beat up. We just talked about Jalen Hurts and his finger. We talked about, you know, AJ Brown and his leg. Devonta Smith is back at practice. Looks like he's going to play, but he's been missing time. Um, and they come into the playoffs with losing five of six. So do the Eagles win this game? And if they don't win this game, what do the Bucs do to stop them? There's so many question marks here. It's really hard to answer this question until we get more injury information, particularly around Jalen Hurts with that finger. Um, really, really, stu- really, really tough matchup to analyze, not knowing how well he's going to throw. Um, Bucks defense, they're a team that has fallen off in the back half of the year. They've had a lot of injuries, too, in terms of their uh, back seven with their secondary and their linebackers. Everyone's starting to get healthy, though, so they're at least coming into the, the postseason healthier rather than some of the other teams we've discussed to date um the way that i think the eagles win though is by passing so we're going to need to have a j- healthy jalen hurts we're going to need to have a healthy aj brown uh, devonta smith dale scott that's a tall ask between all the injuries these guys have collectively uh put up in terms of what's on the injury report right now baker is also injured battling through an ankle and rib injury these last two games they have limped to the finish line under 14 points in back-to-back games they only managed 11 points against the eagles back in week three when these two teams faced off um it's gonna be a rainy game too i'm not expecting a lot of points in this matchup so um it's gonna be i think whoever forces the fewest mistakes and i think the eagles win in that regard you know, Tyler, uh, last thing for you, uh, throughout the year, you've been uh, kind of giving people insight into some wagerings, props, you know, things that you really like week in, week out. Um, I'm sure you've got them up for the playoffs. People will be able to find them in Discord, you know, and, and maybe in some of your articles. But as we enter the playoffs, you play things out. You got a Super Bowl favorite? Like, who, who would you put your dimes on uh, to, to win this thing? I have some old tickets on the Buffalo Bills, and I'm kind of sticking with them. They've gotten hot at the right time. Uh, the defense is not banged up. We've talked about so many of these defenses being injured. Their defense is not one of them, um, aside from Matt Milano, who's a big key piece. Uh, they're the team that I'm probably going to wager on here for that answer. Uh, Dallas is another one that's very intriguing to me, too. They've been playing really, really well offensively. That defense, as soon as they put anybody in trailing game script, the number one team in terms of creating pressure, they're a team that could go far, too. Mm-hmm. Dallas and Buffalo. How about that? A, a franchise in Buffalo that have gotten there many times, but uh, has never uh, gone all the way through. And a franchise in Dallas that uh, everybody considers one of the jewels of the NFL. Uh, they've not been to the Super Bowl in almost 30 years, believe it or not, with the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see if it works out for them. Uh, should be a fun six-game slate. Uh, what, what about uh, write-ups this week? What are you busy with? Or or do you get a week off? I don't even know. What, what, are, you, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> no, it never stops here. Uh, we've got a game script article. I'll be posting that today because we've got games starting Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, so for the postseason, all my game script articles will be out on Fridays moving forward. Um, going to put out a video prop in a few minutes here after we're done here. And I'm also going to be, uh, I haven't told Armando this, but I'm going to try to sneak in a one and done article for Saturday for those that play in that format, offering some strategy techniques and uh, what I'm looking at in this wild card round. Well, you, you've now told me, and because I'm in those leagues, I'm going to be expecting this, Tyler, <laughs> yes. uh, tomorrow. So don't don't pull back now. I, I'm going to read that one for sure. Hey, buddy, uh, thanks a ton. Uh, obviously, you're busy. You're right, and you're, you're putting words together. So we appreciate uh, eating up like 20 minutes of your time. Uh, really, uh, thank you for that and all the help this season. I'm sure we'll visit probably you know, later in the postseason. Uh, but have a good uh, Friday and a good weekend, okay? Thanks for the invite, and uh, good luck, everybody.
Yep, Tyler Beaker hanging out with us. Uh, fun to talk some playoffs. Fun to talk some NFL. Um, Ray, uh, I do see this Pittsburgh Buffalo game been like a ten point spread all season. That's now or all week. It's it's nine and a half now. Um, everything else, like gosh, that Cleveland Houston game is now down to two. At one point, that was three and a half, I think, for Cleveland. So that one has shrunk. Uh, obviously, the over under has shrunk with Kansas City and Miami. Uh, but uh, take a look at some of those marks, some of those numbers. It can certainly be a fun way if you're not going to play the fantasy stuff uh, to get involved and have some fun with the weekend. Uh, before we leave the world of football, if you have been joining us throughout the week, Ray and I have been talking about the quarterback position, kind of looking back at what we experienced in 2023 and to an extent looking forward yesterday. We talked about some of the guys that unfortunately came up with injuries in 2023 and kind of the outlook for next season. Uh, Ray, we will conclude our discussion of running backs by talking about uh, the names and some of the players that will be drafted uh, coming up this year. And I noted this at the start of the show. It's actually kind of similar to last season, Ray. Uh, last season, we had the hype on Richardson, Stroud, and Young, and what was it? Three of the first four picks went to quarterbacks. There's a shot, Ray, we could do this again. Um, we've got guys at the top in Caleb Williams and Drake May. Williams is from USC. May is from North Carolina. As of now, it's kind of expected they're going to go one-two. I guess if the Bears held on to the number one pick and they decided they want to keep Justin Fields, they would go in another direction. Uh, but Ray, we have Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman from LSU. He's probably a first rounder. Michael Penix Jr. could certainly sneak into the first round. Bo Nix, maybe in the first round. Michigan's JJ McCarthy. Uh, not that all of those guys will be in the first round, but Ray, we know how this is. You don't have to be a first round talent. If you're a quarterback, there are always needy teams that are very willing to make you a top 15 pick, even if you're like the 35th or 40th best guy overall. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, and that's where we're at, right? We saw all those quarterbacks play. We just laughed the other day it was over 80 that generated a fantasy point this year. Uh, all the backups got in backups got hurt and the backups to the backups had to play. There's organizations out there that have crappy quarterback play. There's organizations out there that, you know, realize that if they want to take that next step, what they've got in-house isn't going to work. And so teams are always, as you said, willing to push the envelope to draft these young quarterbacks, even if they're not really the guy. And, I mean, I, it's tough because, you know, these Bears being a prime example, they have to make a decision. Are they going to go with Justin Fields, who they know they can win with? I mean, everyone knows that. Or do they try to go young here? And they go Caleb Williams or Drake May. And there, there's a lot of storylines. And we'll get uh, 10 trillion articles about the draft before we get there. But the quarterback position is 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 one, along with uh, Marvin Harrison. I think that's the yeah. real intrigue and excitement this year. Well, and even if you take the Bears out of the equation or out of the discussion, and again, I, I think they should be out of the discussion. I, I would be trading that first pick. Uh because, Ray, in, in the top 15, and we don't have the whole draft board because you got to wait to see when teams are eliminated, but we do have the top 18, uh, the teams that didn't make the postseason. As I counted it, Ray, I would say at least six of those top 15, the Commanders, the Patriots, the Jets, the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Falcons are probably fairly interested in the QB. Now, that, that's assume Atlanta is moving on from Desmond Ritter. That assumes Washington, and I think this is a fair assumption, isn't interested in Sam Howell. With, with the Jets, Minnesota, and Vegas, it's kind of like, okay, let's get our guy in for not 2024, but maybe 2025. Mm -hmm. uh, but but 
those, especially at the top, Ray, Washington, New England, Atlanta, those are three teams that they're all drafting early, but they might be willing to jump to number one. And I would expect all three of those teams to go with a quarterback. I, I really think that's got to be the case for, for the commanders, the Patriots, and, and even the Falcons to go with a QB. According to Jeff Mann's far too early predictions in the 2024 draft, uh, he agrees with you. He has all three of those teams taking a, t- a quarterback. So, uh, you know, the, the, their track record of quarterback performance, and we saw it directly this year with Stroud and Young, the, the, and that's not a one-off either. This happens every year. Uh, the NFL's not, and you've said this a lot about, you know, Caleb Williams in particular, the NFL's not really good at this. It's, it's, it's rather shocking that the front office personnel are so bad at identifying a quarterback, which yeah. is in 2023 for NFL, the most important player on your football team. They're really bad at it. So <laughs> we'll see which one of these guys uh, emerges. We'll see where they end up in the draft. But to your point, the three teams you mentioned there, Jeff agrees, he thinks they're all going quarterback. And and we'd like to think, Ray, that talent is talent. If you're a good quarterback, you can be a good quarterback, whether it's Arizona, Green Bay, or Miami, or Seattle. Wherever you go, you can be a it, – it's very evident. Like, you look at Josh Allen, Ray, his rookie year sucked. Like, Josh Allen did not look good for the Bills. Um, it probably wasn't as bad as Bryce Young, but it wasn't – anything where he said, oh man, this guy's going to be a top three, top four quarterback the rest of his career. Like it was disappointing. It was rough. And, you know, you, you, you see these quarterbacks, it's like very important to land with the right coach because mm-hmm. you just see it. I mean, Brock Purdy, if, if Brock Purdy goes to Houston, is he the same guy? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look on and on and on. So it is important. And I know you, Jeff, everybody on the football sides break down these coaches. Um, and sometimes we we laugh and chuckle. You know, this guy gets so much credit and, you know, for for turning Jalen Hurts into a good player. You know, what, what did he figure out? Well, he figured out Jalen Hurts could fall forward three and a half feet at a time. You know, great, great. To... But, Ray, as you look at where these guys are going to land, like it's important to know who the commanders are, are going to have to usher in you know, Drake may or whoever the heck it may be uh, or new England or Atlanta. It's, it's something where these guys can land in goods, you know, land where they're going to start. And we may say, wow, look at their skill set, And wow. Caleb Williams can be the next Josh Allen. But if he ends up with a defense first coaching staff mm-hmm. or a staff that just doesn't have something that clicks, I mean, it can be over in two or three years. It's, it's really wild. I mean, Zach Wilson, number two overall pick. And now Ray, I, I don't know if he'll ever be a starter again in the NFL. That's, like, that's what it kind of looks like with a guy like Zach Wilson. And physically, he's got skills. Yeah. Right? He's athletic. He's got a cannon for an arm. But, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes out there. They haven't coached the mistakes out of him. And maybe you can't. Maybe he's one of those guys you just can't. Or maybe it's the coaching like we're talking about here. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, you know, even I'm very hard on front offices with the choices on draft day. I think you are, too. But it is more than that. Like the, the front office can make the right decision at the quarterback spot. And like you're saying, the player just doesn't put the time in or the player doesn't develop as expected or the coaching staff doesn't say the right things to make. the You know, so they, they, there is a lot beyond we pick the right or wrong guy on draft day. But it is fascinating to see how, you know, no one in the world, obviously, Brock, Brock Purdy, Zach Wilson's a perfect example. Like, come on. There's not a person in the world that would have seen this. Not one person. I'm telling you in the world, Brock Purdy's parents. No. Not yeah. one person in the world thought it would turn out that way, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, so we shall see. And, and as Ray noted, um, we will go through thousands, if not millions, of articles uh, between now and draft day uh, where guys go up, guys go down, 
We worry about attitudes, measurables. Maybe we'll get another small hand Kenny Pickett moment. Is, is that why he's no good, Ray? His well, small hands? <laughs> no, but I mean, don't you, and maybe this is stupid, but when a quarterback's wearing gloves, doesn't it make you feel uneasy? Like, I don't know. It just, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know how it is. It, I, I get it. You mm -hmm. know, like Kurt Warner always wore gloves a lot of, at least in the outdoors, he would mm -hmm. wear gloves and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater got a nickname. What do they call them? Teddy two gloves or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. The, the glove, like tomorrow, I would suspect Mahomes will not be wearing gloves. I, I have every expectation right to a tongue of Iloa does. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair, but that's just right. the thing as to how we're going to see it tomorrow it, night. Weird. I mean, I, pl I played football my whole life. I never played organized football, so I can't directly speak to this, but I quarterbacked on my street and on the field with my friends all the time. <laughs> And raining, cold. We never played in snow. But, but let it be known, Ray Flowers has never experienced. Ray, have you ever been in sub-zero temperatures in your life? Yes, but not really? by much. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> when you Well, when you say sub-zero, do you mean like 28 degrees below zero? Or do you mean like sub-zero? I mean zero or lower. Yeah, no, I haven't been there. Okay, no. yeah. Um, You're very I mean, thin-blooded, Ray. You yeah, I think I've probably seen about 18, 19 degrees at, at one point when I was like five. It was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but my point was I've played in various – I never thought in my life ever to put a glove on because I know when, once you're playing, your glove gets wet. Mm -hmm. It's worse. It's in my yeah. yeah, it's worse. So, I, again, you do what you got to do. But I don't think Kenny Pickett struggled because of his hands. I think it was a convenient and funny thing at the time, and now we can all look back and laugh. But – he uh, he struggled because he's just not very good, and that's that's you know that is a quarterback who hasn't developed, and there is very likely to be one, if not multiple, quarterbacks in 2024 that unfortunately meet the same fate. And uh, speaking of weather, just to get people, because I'm uh, I'm in Missouri in St. Louis, four hours to the uh, east of Kansas City, but I can tell you, Kansas City has you know they're pretty well directly west, a little north of St. Louis, uh, but they've kind of had snow in the area all week. We haven't we've had flurries and something, nothing sticking. But to give you an idea of this weather and like how it's going to change leading into tomorrow, uh, like this morning, Ray, I think it was 44 degrees here when I woke up. Mm -hmm. By tonight, or maybe even by like four o'clock today, the temperature will have dropped to about 10 degrees and the winds will be 45 to 50 miles an hour That's... blowing in. So this front's coming in, it's bringing a little bit of precipitation. Mm -hmm. And then the whole weekend's like that. Like I think Sunday, negative two is the low and the high is like 10. Um, it's going to be windy. So I, I haven't heard much about the wind with this Kansas City-Miami game, but I know in our area, in Missouri, it's going to be extremely windy uh, tonight and tomorrow. It may be gone in Kansas City by Saturday night. Still absolutely frigid. But, you know, for those playing DFS, you're going to want to pay attention because there is always the attraction of Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And, uh, you know, for big winners, maybe there's less ownership. There will be less ownership on those guys than usual. Uh, that may be an angle to play. So uh, going to be fun, no doubt. It's always better when you're watching the players in negative eight degrees and having your hot cocoa sitting by the fire. Uh, than if you're... Ray, if you had tickets to that game, would you go? No. You would? I mean, <laughs> I, now, if it, if it was a Niners game and, like, if it was my team, whatever, I still wouldn't go. Now, I'm spoiled. I've seen the Niners win Super Bowl, so, yeah. you know, but... Well, like, the Chief fans are spoiled the last yeah, few years. Yeah, but uh, no. I mean, in that... And especially the NFL, honestly, like to me, hockey, you have to be there, right? Because just the, the environment, you can follow the puck better live. All that. Football is better at home. 
Mm-hmm. It just is, you know, you don't get drunkards, you know, falling on top of you, punching people, trying to, trying to stab you when you're walking. You don't you're have to worry about driving Arrowhead stadium pretty well. Right? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, no. And then they got the weather. Like I have no yeah. desire to wear seven coats and 18 scarves. So I don't die. I just, no, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Let's say you have a face value ticket. That's 175. Right. Ray, if somebody offered me 190, I'd be like, sure. Hell, I might even save it, sell it for face value, Ray. I wouldn't put do it my money back and put it home. Yeah, you but hey, game, you don't you don't think the game is better on TV? Honestly, football. Um, I have not been to a in person NFL game since the Rams left town. So this is a number of years. Um, I I enjoyed that. I enjoy watching games. The one thing that turned me off that. The, the breaks during an NFL oh, game terrible, um, right? are way more bothersome if you're there yeah. versus like watching on TV. You don't really notice as much on TV. Um, I I don't think it, it, it's fun to be in an NFL game. But, Ray, when you throw in all the uh, extracurriculars of, you know, paying 500 bucks per person whenever you finish things off and dealing with weather, you know, I've already seen the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. I, I could totally understand somebody saying, ah, not this week. You know, let somebody else have the ticket if they want. Um, and what do we got? Greg saying hell, no way. But you watch, Ray. It's gonna be, it'll be packed. The, the, they will find seventy-two thousand people to go to that game. That Sal will be there, right? Yeah. So I mean, no, it's football and it's great. And there are lunatics that'll have their shirts off. The whole yeah. like, there's the whole thing, right? Like, um, but yeah, I. To me, the game, like you said, it's just better on TV. You get you're, you're more comfortable. You got a bathroom right there. You know, you got your beer right there. You got your food right there. You can walk away during the, the break and you know get on your phone or call someone or let the dog out. Like going to a game, there, you know, people talk about baseball being slow. Being at a football game is slow because yeah. there is nothing happening for two hours and 40 minutes of the three hours you're sitting there. It's just dead time. I, I will say, bar none of the, and I haven't gone to like hundreds of NFL games, but uh, at least a dozen, maybe two dozen. Bar none, Ray, the best place to sit is in the end zone, up, not end zone low. There is, it, it's really fun. You talk about being in person to watch a pass pattern develop, mm, or even yeah. to watch a run and how the blocking moves from that angle. Um, that that has always been a big, big edge that you don't get with with TV. You know, you'll see replays from that angle. But if you're sitting and watching it from up above, it's, it's really nice to watch those things occur and happen and you see play, you can see wide receivers break away from the defender. You do get that quarterback's eye, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing they haven't replicated, um, you know, on TV. But, very fair. That's very fair. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, remember the last few times I've been, those were great angles to watch a football game. Um, anyway, I would suggest most of us are probably better served sitting at the house and drinking whatever you'd like, eating whatever you'd like, and cranking up the thermostat. There you go. Um, again, game times, just to let you know, Saturday, 4.30, Cleveland-Houston, 8.15 for Miami-Kansas City. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. 4.30, Green Bay and Dallas, 8.15, Rams and uh, Tigers, Lions. And then uh, Monday is 8 o'clock for Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Uh, speaking of the Tigers, uh, we will close with a little baseball. We had a signing yesterday. Uh, Ray Marcus Stroman not signing with the Tigers. Uh, Marcus Stroman to the Yankees, two years, I think 37, 38 million, something like that. I, I think it makes total sense for both sides. It's a fair contract for a guy like Marcus Stroman, and, and the Yankees do need some pitching. Um, he's a guy, and you hate to ever 
give this scarlet letter to a guy, Ray, because as soon as I say this, he's going to blow his arm out. But you feel pretty good about 175 innings for Marcus Stroman. Like he's one of those guys that you think can get there. No guarantee, but th this is not a guy where you're hoping to get 125 innings from. Yeah, I think that he hasn't gotten to that mark in the last couple of years, but I think it's very reasonable to think that he could this year. Uh, he's got good mechanics. He doesn't exert himself heavily physically when he's throwing the ball. He keeps the ball on the ground, doesn't necessarily rack up huge pitch counts because of that. Uh, I think he's a very effective mixed league starter, right? Mm -hmm. I think, it, like you said, it's a solid signing for the Yankees. Not a great ballpark to pitch in, not a great division to pitch in. He's been there before, okay? He understands all of that. I think it's fascinating because a lot of Cubs fans think he's dirt trash, because at the end of last season, he, wasn't, he was terrible. They forget at the start of the season, he was fantastic. So like a young candidate. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, overall, he was basically Marcus Stroman. And mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it works. I think he's a very good depth signing for the Yankees. And again, a depth option in the mixed league. Yeah, he's a solid SP3 on your major league team. You know, if you're a good team. And and, and they, they have Garrett Cole. After that, it's a little shaky with the Yankees. I mean, they have some guys to turn to, guys that might do well. But remember, they traded some pitching in that uh, Soto deal. And it's pretty obvious, Ray. I think when it's all said and done, the Yankees are just going to have to pound teams into submission. I mean, yeah, that, I, it's an they, offense they, that's going to score. <laughs> they need Nestor Cortez to return to where he was, and I think there's some concern about that at this point from a physical standpoint. And then Mr. Physical, Carlos Rodon, yeah. is he throwing 37 innings? Is he throwing 187 innings? Like, who the hell knows? If he were to become what he was with the Giants, and I don't know the odds of that are very high, and it's Garrett Cole, Rodon, and Stroman, that's a really good – you know, trio of pitchers mm -hmm. with very different styles, different, you know, left-hand righty, ground ball, fly ball. That would be very interesting if they came together that way, but it's a lot of big ifs. Uh, yesterday was an arbitration deadline. If you didn't agree to a uh, deal for the upcoming year, you're uh, likely, well, I shouldn't say likely, you can still negotiate before the uh, arbitration is heard. But I think 22 players do not have agreements. That includes Vlad Guerrero, uh, Luis Arise, Tommy Edmond, Adolis Garcia, Chisholm, Alec Bohm. Those are some of the bigger names. We did get Corbin Burns, Ray, um, agreeing to an arbitrate or agreeing to a one-year deal, the money, if you will, uh, 15.6 million. Remember last year he was really upset and put out by the arbitration process. So he totally avoided it going into this year. He, he's taken his 15.6 million. I think we had a question earlier about him and the Brewers. Mm -hmm. I Ray, if they haven't traded him at this point, I don't know that a trade's going to happen. The it sounds like cease is going to happen at some point before the season. If I'm Milwaukee with Burns Ray, I, I probably wait into the season. Uh, to, to remember that this Milwaukee team's going through a lot of transition. I don't know if they want to go through that much. They've lost Woodruff. They lost Council. Uh, they're kind of pulling back. They will trade Burns, but I kind of feel like it's an in-season move instead of a preseason move for Milwaukee. I mean, I think that that's probably fair. Yeah, they'll try to drive up the excitement, wait for some big arm to go down, then call that team and say, hey, we got a big arm you can fill it in with. Mm -hmm. um, they're in trouble this year. You know, let's be frank about it. They're, they're in trouble. They're, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Fangrass projected rotation right now with Burns and Peralta, which if they're healthy, fantastic. Wade Miley, Colin Ray and Joe Ross. Yeah. Joe it's, Ross? Joe Ross, they have currently listed as their number five. <laughs> um, and... That's, you know, they really, boy, Aaron Ashby better get healthy and, and be a starting yeah. pitcher for them this year. They're in trouble. But yeah, that the, the, the Burns piece, I'd be stunned if he's with the team at the end of the season. The question is, when do they move on for him? Because they, they can get prospects back at the very minimum if they're willing to move them. And I think they are.
And talking about like a cease or even a Burns trade, um, when those trades happen, you know, does it change the value of a cease and a in a Burns? Not likely. You know, they're they're still stud pitchers no matter where they are. Yeah, sure. If they go to Colorado, you hate them, but you know, overall, they're kind of the same guy. But we always forget the other side. You know, uh, Burns gets traded, Cease gets traded, prospects come back. Some of those prospects can be starting. And that leads us back to reminding you about the baseball guide because, Ray, if trades happen or any other free agent sightings like Bellinger, Hayter, you know, any of these guys, um, you will be able to update the guide immediately mm -hmm. with what we're putting out. And, again, you can uh, sign up, get it today. Now, again, content begins on Monday. But you can get it today. Go to the Join Now tab, fantasyguru.com. It's 50 bucks for the whole year. You get the guide. You get the season-long coverage courtesy of Ray. If you use the promo code FSD20, you get it for 40 bucks. So, uh, and, and Ray, that updating feature, I know it's a pain in your rump. Yes. But, <laughs> but it is one of the attractions of the new era, if you will, of, of the internet and draft guides. Is Back when Ray and I were young chipmunks in the industry. We had magazines, but now, Ray, magazines are adios, and, and we've got live updates for, for magazines. Yeah, it was much easier back in the day. We'd send it to the printer, and then, of course, six hours later, someone would blow their arm out. You look like an idiot because you got this guy ranked sixth, but it was done. <laughs> now it's it's a battle because, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily update things in the minute, right? Mm -hmm. But there's rarely a day that goes by that I don't update the rankings, to be yeah. fair, because there's constant movement and players, injuries, trades, all these kind of things. Uh, so, yeah, that'll constantly be updated. And by the way, just to put it out there, and we'll talk more about it next week, but that's a, a cool feature, I think, of the draft guide, too, is I update the rankings that, you know, vir virtually daily throughout the preseason. Then once the season begins, on the first of every month, I update the whole thing. So May 1st, June, July, mm -hmm. August, September, the first of every month, I redo all the rankings. So it's not just you got them on opening day and then I forget about it. I'll redo the whole 600-plus players the first of every month, uh, the articles, the team there. Uh, we'll work hard to help people have success this season. Okay, so uh, get locked and loaded for baseball 2024. Um, alongside that draft guide, again, season long. Can't uh, give the thumbs up enough. If you're still a season long player, uh, kind of a must have. And uh, for $40, you can get everything that you want when you use that promo code FSD20. Again, check it out. Uh, it's available now. And uh, come Monday, we'll start to talk about the, the latest columns, some of the things that are coming out. Obviously, we'll recap. Playoff football, look ahead to Monday night with Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Uh, should be a fun weekend. Everybody stay warm. Stay out of Arrowhead. You know, enjoy watching the uh, the frozen breath. We're going to see a lot of that between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. It'll look like a, a Marlboro convention uh, when those guys line up and all the buffs going. Um, Ray, have a great weekend, man. Anything special planned outside of watching football? No, that's about it this weekend. I'm going to nice Sleep chill. Sleep Sunday, right? What? You get to sleep in oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. You? Well, that's the thing. I get to sleep in until 7.15, which is a lot yeah. better than 6.15. Yeah. So, yes, it is an improvement. Uh, won't be tweeting this weekend, so this will be the first time in five months almost that mm -hmm. I'll be able to actually sleep in until 7 o'clock on a Sunday. What a glorious day. Awesome. Awesome. That, you can stay up till 11 p.m. now. Good night. On Saturday night. <laughs> uh, for Ray Flowers, I'm Kyle Alfring. Big thank you to everybody hanging out in the chat room. We are back Monday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern with more Fantasy Sports Daily, courtesy and powered by FantasyGuru.com.